Hello and welcome to Parking Thought. I'm Jacob and I'm glad you're here today. Thank you for joining the show where we discuss creating a recipe for gratitude out of the everyday experiences of our lives. Oftentimes, all we have to do is to take a look at regular events in a different way. So today, we're going to talk about gratitude and YouTube. This is episode 134. YouTube's existence demonstrates the successful achievement of three ingredients we struggled with in the early days of the internet. One was accessibility. Let's imagine for a moment a young internet and the computers that connected to it. In those early days, connecting online meant dial up and monopolizing the family phone. Ah, the oh-so-familiar sound of a dial-up modem. Getting connected meant sitting still. The second one was screen machines. Computers of the era would generally struggle to draw images on the screen. Video was a dream. You would have little snippets of it, but nothing that was portable and easily shared online. When it did happen, it was pixelated and usually featured a low frame rate. That didn't matter much though if you were on a laptop from that time period. Those refresh rates on those early beasts left artifacts on the screen and it wasn't much to see there. Compare that to the iPad Pro that I'm recording this on now with 120 hertz refresh rate. Wow, we've come a long way. The next ingredient that was really important was storage. Beefy hard drives then and now were always expensive. And they've gotten better over time, but beefy hard drives with fast connections to the internet were really expensive. Having the capacity to host video required humankind building significant infrastructure. From fiber networks to firmware for servers, we had a lot of work to do to build the capacity needed for online video. All three of those ingredients exist today, but they didn't initially. They were built by thousands of people looking at the technical challenges in front of them and taking the next step forward that they could. Now, today, we assume it was all destined to happen. It wasn't. Destined to succeed is a myth. Destined to fail is the norm. If we were going to base things on what was destined to happen, then we should be living in a world with Microsoft phones in our pocket. After all, Bill Gates talked about something much like the smartphone in his 1995 book, The Road Ahead. Of course, back then he called them wallet PCs. And here's his quote. Wallet PCs with the proper equipment will be able to tell you where you are any place on the earth. GPS receivers will be built into many wallet PCs. The wallet PC will connect you to the information highway while you travel a real highway and tell you where you are. Its built-in speaker will be able to dictate directions to you and let you know that a freeway exit is coming up or that the next intersection has frequent accidents. It will monitor digital traffic reports and warn you that you'd better leave for the airport early or suggest an alternate route. Some wallet PCs will be simple and elegant and offer only the essentials, such as a small screen, a microphone, a secure way to transact business with digital money, and the capability to read or otherwise use basic information. Others will bristle with all kinds of gadgets, including cameras and scanners that will be able to read printed text or handwriting and receivers with the global positioning capability. Most will have a panic button for you to press when you need emergency help. Some models will include thermometers, barometers, altimeters, and heart rate sensors. Prices will vary accordingly, but generally wallet PCs will be priced about the way cameras are today. 
Bill Gates wasn't just wrong with the name. He was wrong not to pivot his existing technology to make the wallet PC more possible. There's a reason why phones don't run Windows. So he was wrong. So what? There were hundreds of thousands of wrong, bad ideas that didn't make it into anyone's book. Thankfully, the market of ideas that we live in was able to weed out the bad ones and let the good ones shine. YouTube was one of the good ones. And that's not to say it's without flaws. YouTube has flaws the same way that you or I have flaws. Rose bushes have thorns as well, but they still beautify a garden despite the thorns. YouTube in many ways for me is a learning platform. It allowed me to learn how to fix a part of my car a few years ago, and it's also allowed me to learn more advanced features and applications like Affinity Photo and Microsoft Teams and Linux. Yesterday, I wanted to know more about a writing style called Markdown, so I found out it's not a writing style at all. It looks super neat, and I'm hoping to be able to have a go at it over the next several months. I've been creating content on YouTube since September of 2007, and I've uploaded more than 300 videos. To be fair, my view count is not in the millions. It's much, much smaller than that. But if we measure ourselves on the expectations of popularity, we'll miss the fact that everything we create adds value. Each video watched is value delivered. Each minute watched is me spending time with someone else trying to make their day a little brighter. Each minute you spend sharing who you are enriches the world around you. I'm so grateful that we have the ability to share video of who we are and the things that we're interested in. Thank you, YouTube, for being a part of my recipe for gratitude. Speaking of recipes for gratitude, why don't you share yours in the comments below? And if you like the show, please share it with someone you know. Like and subscribe links are on YouTube and WordPress for a reason. They activate algorithms to help others find the show. If you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to hit the bell. For a full list of places where you can subscribe, head on over to parkingthought.com. And remember, in a world where you can choose to be anything, why not choose to be grateful? Oh,